anyway, thank you for being here this weekend. We're starting a brand new series, Deeply Rooted. And, and let, me, let me tell you about where we're headed. And this is just a burden uh, uh, that this series came out of when I started reading Ephesians 3.16. And, and the scripture started talking about being rooted and grounded in love. And, and uh, I just wondered, what did that mean? And how does that play out in, in our lives? And so this week, we're going to look at uh, where there's root, there's fruit. And we're going to talk about that. But next week is really important. Next week, we're going to look at the... We're going to look at the authenticity of Scripture. We're going to look at from, we are going to look at is what we have now what they had then? And is there any assurance that it hasn't been translated so many times uh, that we no longer have what they had? We have something else. And we're going to approach this. I'm telling you, I've got three hours of teaching on this I could literally do, so I'll whittle it down to two hours and 59 minutes for you. And we're going to approach this from a historical perspective of what is the historical perspective, the extra-biblical documents that we have, what do they look like, so that we can say with confidence that this is what they have. And so that's where we're headed. Tonight, we're doing where there's root, there's fruit. So if you have your Bibles, you can turn with me, Ephesians chapter 3, verse, verse 16. Uh, we're only going to look in Ephesians. We're only going to make it in two verses. And, and I told you in some ways, uh, we're going... We're going backwards if I can find Ephesians. Okay. And if you don't know what, where Ephesians is and you have your Bible and you're new to the faith, that's okay with us. There's something in the front called a table of contents. And a lot of books have this. It just seems to me that there's a lot of Christians that are afraid to use this in public because they don't want anyone to know they don't know where Ephesians is. And, but let me just tell you something. We all started out where you are. I mean, I still remember my first time in church, and I'm sitting in church as an adult in, in my 20s, and, and they said, here's where we're going, and I, I couldn't find it. And finally, a person next to me leaned over and says, hey, buddy, you want me to find it for you? And, you know, I was so embarrassed. I said, no, I can do it on my own. And, and then I handed him my Bible. So if you're one of those, uh, like I was and like many of us uh, have been, I don't want you to be embarrassed by that. Um, God's Word is important to our lives, and, and um, God's Word is life to us. And that's, so that's why we preach out of the Bible. That's why I always start out, open your Bibles, uh, click to, turn to, whether you have an iPad, iPhone, uh, whether you're a droid person and you have a tablet, uh, whatever you have does not matter to me. The issue is this. The issue is, is, is that you have Scripture, and you, you know that you can trust it. So tonight, we're looking at this issue of, of where there's root, there's fruit. In other words, that is this, and it's just a biblical principle that goes all through Scripture, is this. Whatever is rooted in you will eventually come out of you. I mean, whatever is rooted in you will eventually come out of you. And sometimes it can come out of you at inopportune times. Sometimes it can come out of you when it kind of embarrasses you. But whatever is, whatever is in you, whatever is rooted inside of you, will, will come out of you. I, mean, I, I don't know if you have a lot of experience pulling weeds. I have a lot of experience pulling weeds. Uh, when, when I grew up, uh, that was part of one of my jobs, is pulling weeds. And, and I hated pulling weeds, and so I'd always pull the top, right? I'd, just get, I'd get what was on the surface, and I'd never get the root. And my mom would always say, you've got to get the root, because if you don't, guess what happens? Well, you know what happens. If you don't get the root, then guess what? The weed will come back. See, the only thing I was worried about, I was worried about the, the, the surface stuff. 
That's, a lot of, that's the way a lot of people live their lives. And as superficial people, really, there's really no depth in their life. There's really no character in their life. There's really no foundation in their life. What they're trying to manage is this. They're trying to manage what's on the surface. They're trying to manage what everybody else sees. And so the problem in life many times is when we worry about what is surfacing in our lives, maybe we can get it out for a period of time. Maybe, maybe a commitment will help. Maybe to try to do better will help. But eventually, all of a sudden, it will come out of our lives again because the truth is this, whatever is rooted in you will eventually come out of you. And so Paul put it this way in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 16. He says that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened, with power through his spirit in your, in your inner being, in, in the depths of your soul, not just this superficial Christian life, not just this superficial life, but in the depths of your soul, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that being rooted and grounded in love. And Paul said this in, in Romans, Paul said this about roots, he says, he says, your roots support you. You don't support your roots. In other words, whatever is in you will eventually grow out of you. Paul put it this way in Romans eleven eighteen. He says, do not be arrogant towards the branches. If you are, remember, it is not you who support the root, but the root that supports you. Jesus talked about this issue of, of roots. And Jesus said this in John 15, 8. He says, but this my father is, by this my father is glorified that you that you bear much fruit so, and so prove to be my disciples. And, and so he says, guess what? In the life of Christians, bearing fruit brings glory to God. A piece of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, self-control. Part of the fruit of a, of a church is getting to watch 10 people over the course of this weekend. We have 10 people that are going to follow the Lord in baptism, 3 tonight and 7 tomorrow. People going into ministry, lives that are changed, marriages that are turned around, lives that are impacted. But, but, but Jesus also said this issue of, of fruit, of spiritual fruit, spiritual fruit in your life proves, shows that you're a disciple of his, shows that you're a Christian. Let me, let me just tell you this. And I, know it's, I know Ephesians is deep, and I know Ephesians is not kind of confrontational from time to time. I get that and I understand that, but Ephesians says this. Ephesians says, guess what? If there's no spiritual fruit coming out of you, you better check your salvation. You may not really be a believer. In other words, you may want to be one of those superficial type people that are only worried about the surface stuff, but if real fruit is not coming out of you because Jesus said this, by your fruit, they will know that you're my disciple. By the life that you pr produce, by the things that you come out of you. And scripture even says that Jesus wants us to bear much fruit. That's why in Ephesians chapter 5, Paul says, make the most of every opportunity in your life, every season of your life, everything that comes into your life. Jesus said this in John 15, 16. He said, you did not choose me, but I, I, I chose you and appointed you that you should go and what? That you should go and you should bear fruit. And that fruit should abide. In other words, that fruit should, should last. So that whatever you ask in your Father's name, he may give it to you. What he's saying here is the purpose of salvation. One of the purposes of salvation is to bear fruit. Salvation wasn't just to take you to heaven or, or the moment you accepted Christ, became a believer, you, you would go to heaven. But one of the purposes of us becoming a Christian is that we'd live a life that shows that we bear fruit. And so Jesus says, I, I, I want you to bear fruit. In other words, we know out of Revelation, we know at other places what Jesus said. Jesus says one day he's going to give an audit of our lives. 
of the time, talent, treasures, the things that he gave us and how we stewarded them. And he says, this issue of buy it, I mean, in other words, you're, the fruit should last in your life. There's a lot of Christians, in fact, as Jesus talked about this, that, that, that accept or they start the Christian journey and then heat comes and problems comes and other things come and they, they burn out quickly. See, what Jesus would say and what Paul would say is this, uh, a non-fruit-bearing Christian is a contradiction in, time, in terms. That they should know us by our fruit. So let's look at three things and three things that, that we must cultivate in our lives, three things that we must have in our life that if, if we want to develop fruit in our life or if we want to develop, which starts with the, fruit, with the roots. And so the first one is this, is that if we want to live a life that abides. We want to live a life that, that lasts. The first thing is this, I must learn, I must cultivate some, fr some, some, some roots. In other words, that I must understand that, that Jesus says that God said, there is no fruit in your life without a foundation. There's no fruit in your life without, without a root. Jeremiah 17, 7 through 8. And listen, let me tell you something. This, this, this philosophy, this, this was taught all the way from the Old Testament to the New. And so Jeremiah said in Jeremiah 17, 7, he said, Blessed is the man who, who trusts in the Lord, whose trust is in the Lord. So he's emphasizing that. He is like a tree planted, and so there's... So this is a picture in the Old Testament. They used this a lot of time. A tree was, was, was the image. The tree was a picture of a life. And so he said, he goes on, he's like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream and does not fear when, when heat comes, for it leaves, it leaves remain green and is not anxious in the year of drought. Wouldn't you want a life like that? For it does not cease to bear fruit. Doesn't matter about the season. In this verse, all of a sudden, Jeremiah is talking, and, he, and he's talking about this issue of bearing fruit and bearing fruit in all seasons. And all of a sudden, he begins talking about this, this tree, which is the picture of a life. And he talks about this issue when, when heat comes, which means the pressures of life. That when the pressures of life comes on us, that when we have roots, when we have a foundation, we handle them totally differently. In other words, when we have root, because whatever is in you will eventually come out of you, and when the pressures of life come, when heat comes on you, when heat comes on me, that all of a sudden there's like this, there's like this deepening, there's like this, there's like this, this, this strength, and it's our, listen, it's our spiritual roots that does not allow us to panic, that does not live life in fear, Fear of the future, fear of what they're going to say, fear of that decision, fear of the economy, fear of that person. I mean, the Bible says this. The Bible says what? That the fear of man will prove to be a snare for you. Telling you, if you do not have a foundation, if you do not have roots down deep, you'll fear. You'll fear the approval of people and what everybody else is saying about you. Here's the interesting thing. When, when we lived in Texas, of course, we didn't have aspen trees and, and, um, and tumbleweeds. And so since coming to Colorado, it, when, we, when we bought our home in 1997, I think it was, we, ha we actually had three aspen trees in our backyard. And so we didn't know anything about aspen trees other than they turned gold and we saw pictures of them. But when you start studying the life and, the, and really the contrast between an aspen tree and a tumbleweed, and actually I really believe this out of scripture, that you could either have an aspen tree life or a tumbleweed life, spiritually. 
When you look at aspen trees, you realize if you study them that they, lar they, they grow in large colonies. Fact is, they, they grow, they start from a, a single seeding from, a, from what they would say a sucker root that could grow out as many as, as far as 90 to 135 feet from the, from the tree. Fact is, that verse in Jeremiah in the Greek, when it talked about a root, it talks about a sucker root. And so each root can go far. Each individual tree can live anywhere from 40 to 150 years above ground. But the root system is long-lived. Fact is, the root system, uh, they found a colony of aspen trees that they estimate are 80,000 years old. And so when you look at an aspen tree, you realize that they can, they can survive forest fires because you don't support your root, your root supports you. Whatever is rooted in you will eventually come out of you. And so aspen trees are famous for going through a, fo a forest fire and, and, uh, and the whole mountain is like charred and like burned and the pine trees don't come back and the, and the evergreens don't come back. But all of a sudden you see the aspen trees, they do what? They come back even stronger. Fact is, they benefit from a fire. Because, see, what gives them life is not what is above the surface, it's what's beneath the surface. See, for an aspen tree, the fire indirectly benefits aspen trees since it can't stand shade and all of those other things. And so the reason that an aspen tree, listen, the reason that an aspen tree can survive partial loss due to heat is because of its roots. And the reason why you and I can withstand partial loss in life is not because of what's above the surface, is because of the root system. So what Proverbs said, Proverbs 12.3 says, no one is established by wickedness. But the root of the righteous, man, that righteous man, that righteous woman, they will like never be moved. Now listen, this is something the world claims to have but can't sustain only the believer can live this out. When you look at that word root, it means in the Greek to be firmly planted. It means to be, it means to be secure and flourishing in all season. It was used figuratively in that verse of a person who is sound, safe, and secure. And no matter what, they will not be moved. It's a, and we have to have roots when the pressures of life come and the heat is on. In Jeremiah 17, he also says if, if you have roots in your life, you won't be anxious in a year of drought. Drought, as you know, is when you go through a long period of time without rain. And, you know, we've, since we've been here several years ago, there was a, there was a huge drought. And just lack of rain and lack of resources. A drought in your life is whenever you have to do something, you don't have the resources to do it. When there's, when there's a lack. When you need to do something and you don't have the, maybe the relationships or the, the finances or the, or the energy or, or the time, you can go through an emotional drought. You can go through a relational drought. You can go through a health drought. You can go through a midlife drought. You can go through an economic drought. Maybe, you're, maybe you'd say, you know what, that's me. I'm, I'm going through a drought right now. 
And there will be times in a drought that the things that you once had, that you had to depend on, you no longer have. You may no longer have the comfort or, or the strength or the support or the encouragement or the happiness. You may, you may lose your job. There may be a health issue. There may be health problems. There may be an emotional issue. There may be emotional support that you once had around you and you no longer have that support around you. You may go, be going through a drought where you're questioning all the relationships around you and all the situation. See, the issue is, is how do you, how do I handle the lean times in your life? Do you, do you wilt? Do you dry up? Do you, do you blow away? See, if you have roots, you're not, you're not blown away by heat or lack of resources. This last year, it seems like that was my first encounter for like millions of tumbleweeds. I mean, it's like tumbleweeds were, were everywhere. And in fact is, a friend of mine show, texted me a pic of his house, of his tumbleweeds. Watch this. I, I sent it to the guys in the back. I think they have it up here. I think, look at that. Yeah, they just kind of, you know what tumbleweeds do? They blow in and blow out, right? They go everywhere where the wind carries them. And so I looked at that and I'm like, how did you get out of his house, your house? He says, I couldn't. I had to go out of the garage door. And I said, well, what did you do with the tumbleweed? He says, you know what? And I'm not going to give his name, but he says, he says, you know what? Here's what we did. We just pushed them to the side of the house and let the wind carry them from there. And then, you know, yeah, some of you are nodding like, yeah, that's what we did in Pueblo West right there. I mean, that's all we did. We just kind of pushed them out of the way and got them out of our house. And when you look at these issue of tumbleweeds, they're not really productive, right? They just kind of blow in and they blow out. And I mean, it doesn't take much pressure. Hit them with the front of a car. They like, it's like, they like disappear. I mean, it's just, they're just dry. And see, a tumbleweed, the definition, I looked, I looked it up on Wikipedia, because you can trust Wikipedia. <laughs> I looked up the definition of a, of a tumbleweed, and, it, and, it, and, it, and, it, and a tumbleweed uh, is this. The tumbleweed is, in effect the entire plant apart from a root system. It is no longer life-giving. It's a dead plant. A tumbleweed has no roots, no foundation. And they're blown wherever the wind will take them. There are a lot of people that have a tumbleweed life. Church to church to church to church. Ministry to ministry to ministry. Relationship to relationship to relationship. Where they just kind of blow into a church and blow out. As a pastor, I have grown weary. watching people blow in never developing any spiritual roots here or anywhere else then when the heat is on and the pressure is on of their life they just kind of blow out you don't support your roots your roots support you whatever is in you will eventually come out of you and Jeremiah says it is possible even in our economy, even in our life, even in 
mean, just watch the news. And what's going on on a world level? What's going on on a state level? What's going on economically? And if you only worry about the surface stuff, you will have fear. If that's your focus, if that's your basis, but Jeremiah says, guess what? It's possible. Even in a, even in a year of drought, that's an important word, year of drought. Anybody can handle a, a drought for a day, right? Anybody can handle a, a drought for a week. Anybody can handle a drought for a month. But a year? And when you don't know when the rain's going to come, and you don't know how long, and Jeremiah says, guess what? It's possible. Even when the drought is extended, even when the drought is for a long period of time, you don't have to be anxious. That's why psalmist would write in Psalms 1, 2, and 3. If you want to start developing roots in your life, then this would be a great verse to start with and a great verse to memorize. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law, on his law, he meditates on it day and night. That means you have to read it. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yield its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither, and all that he does, he prospers. What a promise. What a promise. And the key is meditating on God's word and reading God's word and taking God's word and applying it to your life. The, the second thing, if, if we're going to develop roots in our life, the second thing is this, is I'm going to have to eliminate some weeds out of my life. You know, it's crazy about weeds. Weeds just kind of creep into your life without you knowing about it. Jesus clearly communicated this, and he com communicated it in a parable of the sower and the seed. And he talks about the four soils that are representing the heart, the hardened heart, and, and the impatient heart, and, and the impulsive heart, and the, the crowded heart, and the good heart, where, where, it, where the word sinks down. And, and Luke chapter 8, verse 11 says, Now this, this parable is, the seed is the word of God. Verse 14, down from that, and, and, as for with, and as for what fell among the thorns, they are those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are, are choked out. In other words, that's someone that hears, takes it in on the surface, but doesn't build a foundation, doesn't build a root system, and they are choked out. So here come the weeds. They are choked out. What are the weeds? Here are the weeds by cares and riches and pleasure of life. And their fruit does not mature. In other words, they never get to the place where they, they, they have a, a fruitful life. They never get to the place to where they have joy and peace and patience and kindness and gentleness and self-control and all of those other things in their life. And so when you look at this, fact is, when I read this, I'm like, okay, so what are the weeds of life? I mean, weeds of life are this or anything that hinders your spiritual growth. Things that choke out your relationship to Christ, that choke out you from continuing to grow, uh, that keeps you from maintaining spiritual success over the long haul. You must, have, you must have an attitude of continuous learning. And so he says that weeds crowd in and, and they choke. Man, weeds can crowd in and they, well, you ever seen activities come into your life and they may be good activities, but they've been, again, choking out some activities in your life? the things that were developing roots. See, weeds, what Jesus says, are a concern of 
of abiding over a long period of time. And, you know, we still live in a culture to where Christians don't sometimes value deepening their roots in a, in a local body, in life groups, and reading scripture, and in ministry, and they just kind of, they blow in, and they blow out. If you're not careful, and if I'm not careful, we can get so many irons in the fire, we can literally put the fire out, right? I'm telling you, I've said this before, if you're burning the candle right now at both ends, you're not as bright as you think you are. That there has to be margin, and there has to be margin in life. And there's so many people, when I start talking about this, they begin to, they begin to just push back and say, wait a minute, I, I'm, too, I'm too busy. I am too busy to read scripture. I, I am too busy to serve in a ministry in a local church. I am, I, I, I'm too busy. And let me tell you something, if that's you and if you're too busy, then you're too busy. And weeds have come into your life and they're, they're creeping out or keeping fruit from growing in your life. Have you ever thought about this? How much effort does it take to grow weeds? It's like none, right? It's so frustrating. You know what weeds are? You, you know this. You go by somebody's house and there's weeds in the front yard. What's the first thing you think? Neglect. They don't care. I'll write them a letter. You know, whatever. It's a sign of neglect. And here's the crazy thing about weeds. You don't, you don't have to cultivate them. In fact, there's a difference between a weed and a vegetable. A vegetable, like, like our raspberries. Raspberries, that's a fruit, right? That's a fruit. I'm, okay, so we'll do it like a fruit. It works that way too. <laughs> we have raspberries. And you know what we do with raspberries? I mean, we got we to gotta like water them and we got to like feed them and we got to like keep them from taking over the yard and stake some of them. And, and we work really hard at that. And then sometimes some of them still die, right? It's so frustrating. But a weed gets no attention at all. You don't have to worry about watering it, staking it, keeping it, or anything like that. And a weed like never dies. It just continues to grow. A weed is a sign of neglect, and I'm learning this in my life, that it's a sign of neglect. And when we come to this place in our life to where we begin neglecting some things, some spiritual disciplines of reading of Scripture, life journaling, and, and a life group, and ministry, and all of those other things, and even some physical things. Man, I just tell you this. Statistics are, and I know I'm preaching to myself right now, I'm meddling with myself right now, because this is National Bacon Day. Uh, second best holiday of the year National Sausage Day October the 11th is better <laughs> but if you eat healthy get enough rest and exercise you're 20% more productive I know you said amen <laughs> I'm telling you last one is this I, I because I'm stepping on my toes now. The third one is this. If I want to develop weeds in my life, I must cooperate with God. I must cooperate with what God is doing in my life. Uh, Jesus said this in John 15, 1. He, says, he said, he said I, am the, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. Telling you, a non-bearing fruit Christian is a contradiction in terms. And every branch that does not bear fruit, he prunes. 
that it may bear more fruit. So, so real quickly, what's pruning? I mean, pruning is, 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 is another discipline of gardening. And, and pruning is, is, is you cut off the branches that are dead, but you not only just cut off the branches that are dead, you sometimes cut off the branches that are living. That is so hard for me. Uh, someone told me with raspberries is the problem with raspberries is when you prune them back, uh, some people just will not be aggressive is, is like they need to be. In other words, they need to cut them lower than they're really willing to do. What's crazy about raspberries is sometimes when we prune our raspberries, we're pruning, we're pruning branches, we're pruning raspberries that still have buds on them. They still have raspberries, I and mean, it's so hard. So, so when you look at this issue of pruning, you realize that you prune out, you take away the things that are dead, but you also take away the things that are, are living, the things that are producing. Why do you do that? You do that so that the plant is, is more productive. The reason that God prunes us, what the scripture says is this, is so that we're more productive. And sometimes he cuts us back. And sometimes he takes away some dead areas of our life. That's not as painful to us as when all of a sudden some things that are living, some things that are going on in our life that we view as good, all of a sudden he prunes those. And the reason that he prunes them is so that we'll have a successful life or that we'll be more productive. And sometimes in the prime of a successful life, I mean, where things are going great, you can have a health problem, you have a health concern. You have a financial issue. You can deal with some difficult relationships around you. You can deal with some family loss, loss of a, loss of, of, of a job or some other things. And you can be going through pruning. Listen, let me tell you something. I get it. I understand pruning is confusing. But the key to pruning is understanding that God is doing it for your benefit. And it's typical when we go through pruning to, to kind of sometimes get frustrated with God and say, God, don't you care? Don't you love me? I mean, are you angry for me? Are you punishing me? What are you doing this? Listen, okay. Pruning and punishment are two different things. And see, that's what gives us a lot of problems sometimes. We think it's punishment. It's not punishment. Okay. Pruning is for the future. Punishment is for the past. Pruning in your life is positive. Punishment is negative. Hmm. By the very fact that you and I go through pruning, and I know it's kind of hard, we should take it as a compliment. Because God is going, you know what, I'm pruning you. And I'm pruning in your spiritual life because guess what, I, I, want, I want to sow something into you. I want to deepen your roots even deeper into me because I want you to, I want you to be even more productive. And so, so the Bible says that he uses several things to prune us. He can use, he can use problems in our life. Yes, even problems because of our own stupidity. Problems because of somebody else did something to us. And God can still use those. He uses pressures of life, that crushing hurt, pain, disappointment, financial re reversal, unexpected illness, loss of a job, breakup of a marriage, rebellious child, death of a loved one. And he uses other people. And I'm talking about the people that are your critics, that talk about you, that attack you, that misunderstand you, that misjudge you, that misquote you. And it doesn't matter what you do, they will find something to criticize you over. And the truth is this, there's no circumstance in your life and my life that God cannot use to help us to grow as long as we have the 
right attitude. Colossians 2.6 says, Therefore, as you receive Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and, and built up in him, and established in the faith, just as you were taught, unbelievable phrase, abounding in thanksgiving. Question is, is can God's pruning fail? Yeah. It can fail in your life if you're unwilling to cooperate with him. Our tendency is, when he starts to prune, is to push back and rebel and to get angry. Would you bow your heads with me and close your eyes? And with your heads bowed and your eyes closed, let me just real quickly just, just ask you, what is the Holy Spirit saying to you as a result of his word? What is the Holy Spirit saying to you as a result of his word? Maybe more importantly, what is, what is your next step? Every one of us in this room has a next step. Maybe for some of us, it's the first step to where we, we ask him to come into our life and start a relationship with him. Maybe you've done that. Maybe you need to make a commitment and say, I, I want to cultivate some, some spiritual roots in my life. I'm going to find a life group. I'm, I'm going to start reading scripture. I'm a life journal. I'm, I'm going to go to the journey. I'm going to find out what that church really believes. And I'm, I'm going to find out about these disciplines. I'm, I'm no longer going to be a tumbleweed where I just blow in and blow out or blow in, blow up and blow out. I want spiritual roots. I, 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 want to be a, I want to be like Jeremiah said. I want to be a tree that was planted by a stream that had no fear in a year of a drought. Maybe you need to eliminate some weeds out of your life. and Maybe you need to rearrange your schedule so you can accomplish those things. Maybe you just need to say, you know what, God, I'm going to cooperate with you. I'm going to align myself with you. And I'm going to look forward to see what you're going to do in my life. Maybe you're here tonight and you say, you know what, I'm carrying a burden and I just need someone to pray for me. You may be going through a drought. We want to pray for you. So in just a few minutes after I pray, we're going to stand. When we stand, I'm going to invite you. If you have a burden, if you're carrying a burden, we want to pray for you. And we want to encourage you. Whatever you're going through, you don't have to be a member of Fellowship of the Rockies. This doesn't make you a member. But you have a burden, just a few minutes, I'm going to pray. We're going to stand. You come. People be walking with you. Father, we thank you for tonight. Father, we thank you for your love, and we thank you for your grace. And Father, by the power of your name, by the power of your word, would you draw this church very closely to you? May this be a sacred moment. Father, may people respond to you. And would people develop spiritual roots in their life? We look forward to see what you're going to do, for we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.